0: faithinkids.org and find out all the details about growing up
1: Hello, welcome back. This is episode two of our seven
2: signs of the secret king. Jam, what's it all about and who are we for? We are for you and we're going on a journey with John, whose best friend was Jesus. He wrote a book about it and he gives us seven signs about this secret king. And we're on the second one of those today, aren't we? Can you remember what happened last time, Ed? Absolutely. Sign one, 700 litres of water got made
1: into wine.
2: You could bath in it. Mic drop. I mean, that's just a mic drop moment, isn't it? Totally. Drop the mic in the bath. Actually, don't, don't, don't do not Don't that. <laughs> bad, bad idea. Give us a whip around question, Ed. I want to know,
1: what's the most serious reason your family has ever been to a doctor or a hospital?
2: Well, I had to rush to a hospital so that my wife could give birth. I've done that twice. And tell us, Jam, how did it go? <laughs> I have two daughters, so pretty well. I had to go to hospital uh, once and have stitches put in my arm. I was on a bike... I went to the side of a road, barbed wire was involved, and I had to be stitched up. It, it makes it sound worse than it was. I've never seen my mum look more panicked than at that moment, uh, but she saved the day. So, on that, those are the stories we want,
1: and maybe your parents are going to be telling you stories you don't even remember. What is the most serious reason you've been to a doctor or the hospital? Have a chat. Why are you? I hope you did manage to talk about accidents, injuries and trips to the hospital.
2: I'm going to talk about that later, but right now, Jam, what are we doing? We are going to get straight on with our reading, which is from the end of chapter 4 of John, where Jesus heals the son of a royal official.
3: Our reading is from John chapter 4, starting at verse 46.
4: Jesus went to visit Cana in Galilee again. This is where Jesus had changed the water into wine.
3: One of the king's important officers lived in the city of Capernaum. This man's son was sick. The man heard that Jesus had come from Judea and was now in Galilee. He went to Jesus and begged him to come to Capernaum and heal his son. His son was almost dead. Jesus said to him,
4: You people must see signs and miracles before you will believe in me.
3: Sir, come before my child dies.
4: Go. Your son will live.
3: The man believed what Jesus told him and went home.
4: On the way, the man's servants came and met him. They told him, Your son is
3: well. What time did my son begin to get well? It was about one o'clock
4: yesterday when the fever
3: left him. The father knew that one o'clock was the exact time that Jesus had said, your son will live. So the man and all the people of his house believed in Jesus. That
4: was the second miracle that Jesus did after coming from Judea to Galilee.
1: Well, Jam, it's intriguing. We had a royal official And I believe you have a whole series of fun
2: facts about such people. Jan, please, fun fact us. The royal family in the UK employs a host of royal officials, according to the Reader's Digest, to keep up their sometimes strange traditions. For example, the Earl of Denby is the Grand Carver of England. (laughs) The royals, of course, would never cut their own meat. What a terrible thing for them to have to do. The honour is passed down to a high-status family, and it's an inherited title. Also, Michael Seffy is the keeper of the royal stamp collection. The Queen didn't just appear on stamps, she collected them. Isn't that amazing? T- totally. I'm still trying to get over the Grand Carver of England. Oh, this isn't even the weirdest. Oh. It, it keeps going. Right. The barge master commands a team of 24 royal watermen who are basically employed to row the royal barge up and down the Thames. I guess from the days when the, the king or queen used to live at Hampton Court. There isn't a royal barge anymore. But they do have a, a motorboat. I need to know, Jam. do we think there are still 24 Royal Watermen? Yes, there are. Well, maybe you are one. Maybe you've met two of them. Where yep. are the Royal Watermen? Scott Medvin is Piper to the Sovereign. He used to wake the Queen up each morning. I don't know how King Charles feels about this. But he used to wake up the Queen each morning and play promptly at 9am, although I suspect the Queen got up before that. But he didn't just do this in Balmoral. He did this at Buckingham Palace and Windsor Castle and the Palace of Holyrood House. That's quite a weird thing to be woken up by. I mean, I'm not a very good one first thing in the morning, but I don't need bagpipes to get me up. Do you, Ed? Well, no, but I can't help thinking it would be nice to have your own little piper. I wonder
1: if he does more than five minutes work a day. What else does he do when he's not busy piping to wake
2: Her Majesty up? Oh, I'm sure they find other things to do. I mean, any parents listening just thinking, I don't need a royal piper. I have children. (laughs) The Royal Horological Conservator. Horology is clocks. This guy maintains all the clocks in royal properties and residences. In Buckingham Palace, there are 500 clocks. In Windsor Castle, there are 379 clocks and 80 in the Palace of Holyrood House in Edinburgh. And so you can imagine what happens when the clocks have to go back or forward for British summertime. Can you imagine that, Ed? How many of those do you think are run on batteries, (laughs) Joe? Well, not many, because it takes a a large team 50 hours to change all of the clocks. Wow. That is so many clocks. (laughs) It is, isn't it? And here are the three last ones. The warden of the swans, uh, because, of course, the king actually owns all unmarked swans in open water in England. There's the official harpist to the Prince of Wales. I don't know what's happened now. The Prince of Wales became the king. And of course, finally, the royal shoe wearer, who is someone to break in shoes before the king or queen wears them. It's not known who does this job, but apparently Her Majesty the Queen used to have a royal shoe wearer. Jam, I'm just so pleased you've promised us these are facts.
1: Because every listener is wondering to themselves, this cannot be true. But they are. (laughs)
2: These are the facts. Yeah, yeah, they really are. Republics like America, you can have this, guys. You can have (laughs) this. You could have had it. And I'm asking myself,
1: where's your royal horological conservator then?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Now, Jam, we all feel privileged to be in the presence of the world's greatest expert on John's gospel. And that's why in every episode, we're not wasting the opportunity, Jam. We're
2: not going to let you go without telling us something. Jam on, John. This series is the seven signs of the secret king. We are looking at the second of seven miracles. John gives us seven miracles or sign, and that's a deliberate move because seven is a very special number in the Bible. Seven. Set. Seven. Sad. Siete. Why is that? Because at the very beginning, remember how John begins at the beginning, saying in the beginning to take us back to the beginning of the Bible, which begins in the beginning. How many days does God take to make the heavens and earth and then rest Ed, Seven. Set. Seven. Sad. Seven. Seven. seven days. The number seven is really important in the Bible. It means that God is in charge of everything and he's in control. So whenever the number seven comes up, those are the kinds of things that might be running through your head. And it's almost as if John's saying, Jesus does seven things. Do you know what? I think he's God and I think he's in control. And we're looking at the second of those seven today.
1: In my family... When one of my children has an accident, there is always the same conversation. My wife says, you need to take them to the hospital. I say, they'll be fine. Let's wait until tomorrow. They'll probably get better. Every time. And every time I end up going to the hospital that day and the doctor tells me I've made the right decision. Every time. When my son fell over on some wooden stairs, there was a cut on his head. I said, he'll be fine. Stick a plaster on it. Off I went to the hospital. He needed stitches. Oh. When my other son got a bit of sawdust in his eye, he was blinking and his eye was swelling up. And I said, let's leave it until tomorrow. Maybe a good night's sleep will fix it. Off I went to the hospital. He needed a litre of special watery stuff to be dripped into his eye. I'm a lazy dad. I just don't want to have to go all the way to the hospital unless I absolutely need to. In today's story, we meet a dad who is a royal official. His time matters. He doesn't want to waste a moment. You won't find him wasting his time over a small cut on his son's knee. Oh my goodness, no. His son must have been so ill for a royal official to walk from Capernaum to Cana to get Jesus' help. It's 20 miles. 32 kilometres. It's a whole day's walk. It's the kind of walk that would make a family just fall over and say, Please no more. And it's each way. He's got to go for a day's walk each way. But we're told his son was so ill, he was very nearly dead. If my son was that ill, I'd go to the hospital. But would I really walk a day to find Jesus, believing he could heal him? That takes faith. Because if I'm off walking for a day there and back it means I'm not sitting with my son holding his hand in his last moments. What a horrible decision to make. And remember when the royal official finds Jesus in Cana Jesus says it's fine I've healed your son off you go back to Capernaum all done. Good news and bad news. Good news Jesus says he's healed his son. Bad news He has no idea if it's really happened. There's no mobile phones, there's no taxis, there's no cars, there's no buses, there's no trains. What a moment. You know what I'd say. Now, look, Jesus, I'm sure you think you've healed him, but can't you just come with me to check just to be on the safe side? Because my wife is going to be so mad if it's not worked. I know you're powerful, but can you really get all that power over hills for 20 miles? It's such a long way. This man knew he could trust Jesus. His power can travel any distance. He was safe with Jesus. Listen to how the story
4: finishes. On the way, the man's servants came and met him. They told him,
3: Your son is well! What time did my son begin to get well? It was about one o'clock yesterday when the fever left him. The father knew that one o'clock was the exact time that Jesus had said, Your son will live. So the man and all the people of his house believed in Jesus.
1: Firstly, most importantly, the son was better, not dead. Not even poorly, better. Jesus did that from 20 miles away. Secondly, the whole family started to trust Jesus. They knew they could trust him. They knew they'd be safe with him. Whatever the problem, from then on, for the rest of their lives, they trusted Jesus. Next time you're desperate, you've got a cut on your forehead, you've got sawdust in your eye, you can go to hospital, you can get your dad's help, you can even close the door and have a little cry. But please know. You can trust Jesus. His power can travel to you wherever you are. You're safe with Jesus. You can be brave. He won't let you go. When I have to go to the hospital, I always pray. Every time. Because I know I can trust Jesus with my children when I can't fix them. When my wife says, I've got to go. Let me pray. Father we thank you that Jesus can heal but more than that we thank you that when we understand his power we can trust him. Thank you Father that whatever it is that hurts whatever it is that scares us however serious the injury or the problem we can trust Jesus to keep us safe to love us even if the pain carries on. Amen.
2: Amen. Ed's
1: got questions. Under fives, what did Jesus do that was so amazing in the story? Fives to sevens, this story has a lot going on. What was your favourite moment? Eights to elevens, which decision in the story took the most faith? Over elevens, why does trusting Jesus help When it's all going wrong,
2: you can have a chat about that, but we're going to carry on. We've got a sketch now. Imagine being servants working in the house of the royal official and they're going to meet their master when the amazing thing has happened. Have a listen. You tell him. No, you tell him.
3: He likes you. You're his favourite servant.
4: Which is why I don't want to tell him that he's just wasted two whole days going to find Jesus when his son got better anyway.
3: But this is good news. His son was really ill. He was on death's door. He'll be thrilled he's all better. Cock-a-hoop. OK, then you tell him. Maybe I will.
4: There he is. Wait, he's on his own. Wasn't he meant to be bringing Jesus with him?
3: Well, yes, But that doesn't matter now because his son's all better.
4: Good point. But right now he'll be fearing the worst. He's failed in his mission. Jesus hasn't come with him. If Jesus doesn't come and touch him, then he can't heal him.
3: Mind you, I spoke to one of the servants at the wedding in Cana and he didn't touch the water or even say anything. It just became wine. The best wine. Aged wine.
4: We might need some of that when our master throws a party for his son.
3: I can see him better now. He doesn't look sad or happy. Just peaceful. Hmm.
4: Maybe he's already come to terms with the fact that his son's died.
3: But he hasn't. His son's alive. He's going to be thrilled. Cock-a-hoop!
4: Can you stop using that phrase? Sorry. Sorry. He will be happy when he finds out though I'll tell him
3: I thought I was going to
4: I'm his favourite servant
3: Well I'm not surprised You only ever give him good news
4: Uh, Fine, you tell him
3: Really? If you're sure Well actually maybe it's
4: best coming from me Master, your son's alive Oh, I was going to say that
5: May my mind be filled with The word of life May my eyes be the glory of Christ. May my heart be still as I rest in You, so that Christ is seen. Christ is seen in- May my heart be still as I rest in you, so that Christ is seen in all I do. Take it away, Ron!
2: I made My Mind by Michael J. Tinker on the Mission to Dendros mixtape album. Go and look in the show notes for links to his website where you can find out loads of his music and other stuff going on. Thanks, Michael. Do get in touch with us. We'd love to get your emails. We've still got some left over from the Christmas series. So we've got a couple of shout outs to the Swains and the Pains. The Swain family are loving the podcast. Paisley and Jago have been uh, with us on the way to France. Paisley loves the fun facts. Jago likes all of it. That's the Swains. But also the Pains
1: from Guildford in Surrey. They say hello and they're enjoying the fun fact that there are termite mounds visible from space. Jam, is that definitely true?
2: yes and we did it in a we did it in a podcast you've already wiped your mind a bit haven't you i find it incredible
1: yeah thank you for telling me again it's like fun all over hello esther and joel we're thrilled you got in touch send us an email podcast at faithinkids.org and your family names don't even need to rhyme with swain or Payne. but if you do know a family and their surname rhymes with yours we'd love to know <laughs>
2: i think we're done thanks very much for listening that's number two we've got five more to go plus two special bonus ones thanks very much ed bye bye cheerio under fives
1: what did jesus do that was so amazing in the story fives to sevens this story has a lot going on what was your favorite moment eights to elevens which decision in the story took the most faith over-elevens, why does trusting Jesus help when it's all going wrong?